welcome to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing one of the seven topics covered in the Beef Feedlot Roundtable series that was held via webinar February 23rd, 24th, and 25th, and then the second round was held March 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. These webinars have been recorded and will be available for viewing at the beef.unl.edu website. Today's webinar that was discussed as part of the feedlot series is by Dr. Brian Vanderlei, titled Secure Beef Supply Plans. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Well, Dr. Vanderlei, the focus of your topic is one that's really not very much fun to talk about, but it's one that's important. It's having a plan in place in the event that we would ever have a foot and mouth disease outbreak. Share with us some of the content that you discussed in the webinar and some things that you think feedlot producers should think through, again, hoping this never happens, but having a plan in place to put into action should it ever occur. Where I'd like to start with this, Aaron, is really to, to think about what's happened to the beef supply chain in the last couple of years. Um, I think when we talk about anything that we, we want to consider implementing in a operation, be it feedlot, cow-calf, or, or anywhere else for that matter, knowing why we want to do it, either me explaining to you or, or someone explaining to themselves why it's important is a really necessary step. So the reason I think that this is important and, and the reason I think feedlot operators should consider this is that we've had a couple of notable events in the last couple of years that have really hurt the beef supply chain, feedlot operators in particular. Uh, if you think back, I think it was late 2018 with the Holcomb um, Kansas Tyson plant fire and the shock waves that that sent through beef markets for a period of time following that. And then in, uh, in 2020, we have the COVID outbreak and the interruptions to packing that also balled up our system for a significant period of time, made it difficult to keep current on getting cattle sent to slaughter and really had pretty, pretty remarkable impacts on markets for a while. So these, these black swan events, as we like to call them, are, they happen. And we, we can't necessarily, dis, you know, we can't know which the next one is going to be, right? I can't, I can't tell you what the next black swan is going to be. But I can, with pretty good certainty, I can say there's another one coming. That's the world we live in. There's going to be something that interrupts our system. So we have these, these systems that are, you know, the, the beef system has some qualities that make it very efficient. We, we're really good at getting cattle from the cow-calf to the feedlot to the packer into the, onto the grocery store shelves in a very efficient manner, and it's just in time to meet consumer demands. When we interrupt those things, we have a hard time coping with the outcomes, and I think that's shown by what happened with, with the Tyson plant fire and COVID. So one of the things I'd really like people to think about is we have reasonably efficient systems, but how do we build resilience into these systems so that when unexpected things happen, we can quickly adapt as a supply chain, minimize interruptions and pain associated with those adaptations and, and keep fulfilling the, the task which we're here to do, which is put food on people's tables. The resilience part is something that I really stress about this particular topic because a secure beef supply plan is really what we're talking about. And what it does is it's a contingency plan 
for feedlots or cow-calf producers who want to be resilient or more resilient to a foreign animal disease outbreak. So one of these outbreaks, if one of these happens in the U.S., it's going to be painful. Uh, foot and mouth disease would be kind of the worst case scenario, but there are other foot, foreign animal diseases that will also have the potential to be uh, pretty painful to U.S. agriculture. Some of the pain comes from the disease itself. Foot and mouth disease might hold the title of the most infectious virus that we know of, and it, it moves easily. It causes pretty severe disease in, in livestock, cattle, young stock um, can experience up to 20% mortality. Even mature animals when infected will have one to 5% mortality and they'll all get sick. And there's a period of time when they're not gonna be very productive. So the disease itself causes a lot of pain, but the other parts of the disease that cause pain are the fact that most countries don't have foot and mouth disease. A lot of our trade partners don't have foot and mouth disease. And we will experience abrupt loss of those trade partners if we have a foot and mouth disease or foreign animal disease outbreak. And I had someone point out to me the other day that that also includes um, like shipments that are already in route. There's a, there's a lot of meat that's headed overseas. And if we were to break, countries would, would turn those shipments back and they would come back to the U.S which means a whole bunch of meat that already was destined to not be in our markets would come back to them. The beauty of something like foot and mouth disease is that it's not a human pathogen. It doesn't hurt people. So we can eat that meat safely, but the amount of meat that hits the market, the loss of trade partnerships and the, the actual disease damage that we might incur if it gets widespread will be very, very painful for our, uh, our beef supply system. The part of this that the secure beef supply plan really helps with is actually helping to make it easier to keep business going during a foot and mouth disease outbreak. The control for a foreign animal disease is gonna involve a couple of things. Most importantly, there's gonna be a lot of restrictions on movement for sure of livestock, and then to some degree of other things like feed, basically any traffic through heavily livestock dense areas. And the secure beef supply plan is really designed with the objective of making it possible for a feedlot or a cow-calf producer to be able to continue moving livestock and other necessary things like feed or supplies into and out of their operations so they can continue business even though the markets probably aren't going to be very good it's better to be able to keep going than to be stuck with a bunch of cattle you can't move and face the prospect of not being able to, to take care of those animals adequately because you can't get feed again. Talk a little more about the Secure Beef Supply Plan. What are some things that are in there that help provide a framework to think through what you can do to continue operating in the event that something like this occurs? Yeah, so there's, there's really two important pieces to the Secure Beef Supply Plans. One piece is what's called an enhanced biosecurity plan. And that's really critical for the second part, which is the prerequisite that these things are gonna be for permitting. So I'll talk about both those a little bit more. So the, the first piece is the enhanced biosecurity plan. And this is basically a plan that minimizes the probability of getting a foot and mouth disease infection on your premise. And it includes a number of facets. So one of those that's that 
uh, is, is pretty important is creating what's called a line of separation. So you can think about this as a castle. You want to protect your castle, you're going to build a wall around it, and you're going to limit access through that wall. So the line of separation you can think of kind of as the wall. We've got uh, people that are building their walls, so to speak, out of lots of different things. Uh, sometimes it's a, an established perimeter fence. Sometimes we're going to put up um, step-in fence posts and electric fence wire. Some people are going to use bales, broken feed bunks. Um, people get pretty creative when we start talking about how to do this. But essentially, it's going to be putting up physical barriers to remind people that there's a line that can't be crossed. That line has to have access points. You kind of think of those as the drawbridges on the on the moat or the wall. So you can you got to have at least three. One access point is for cattle to come and go. One access point is for people to enter and leave the the operation, and go through some cleaning and disinfection procedures. And then the third access point is for equipment that have to go through cleaning and disinfection procedures as well. So all of these details are outlined in the, the biosecurity plan. You have to develop this line, which we, we do using technology like Google Earth, or we sometimes we'll use like the, the county assessor's GIS mapping system to get those maps. Uh, we've also used drones to get up and take some aerial pictures of the feedlot. So we've got really up-to-date pictures that makes those mapping procedures a little bit easier. So once we've got that enhanced biosecurity in place, those actually get sent to the, the Nebraska Department of Ag. They approve those plans. They actually don't maintain copies because they don't want them to be subject to freedom of information requests. Those contain a lot of pretty operation-specific details that that we don't want to get into the wrong hands. So the Nebraska Department of Ag approves those plans and it's the responsibility of the feedlot or the cow-calf operation to maintain them. The Department of Ag just keeps a list of operations that have an approved plan in place. The second part that makes secure beef plans really work is that if we have a foreign, mouth, foreign animal disease outbreak like foot and mouth, all the movement that happens with livestock will probably be through a permitting process, which is gonna include things like testing to make sure animals are negative before they ship. It's gonna include things probably like routes, especially if they have to go through different states. Um, there's gonna be some permitting features, but what most of the state animal health officials in, in heavily livestock dense areas like Nebraska, Iowa, uh, Kansas, what, what their state vets have said is that if we have a foreign animal disease outbreak, they are really not going to be able to issue permits or they don't expect to be able to is issue permits for movement unless the operations have these plans in place. Because these give them some assurance that the risk of, of infection is low or at least lower. Uh, this isn't meant to be a manipulative or, or a scare tactic, but one of the things that I've heard is that if operation doesn't have one when we get into a foreign animal disease outbreak, it's gonna be really difficult to muster the personnel it takes to get one built because they're gonna be really busy controlling the, the outbreak. So contingency plans are kind of like insurance. They work better if you pay your premium before the fire. You mentioned the word insurance and we buy insurance hoping to never use it, but we sure wanna have it in the event that we need it. I think insurance is a really good metaphor, Aaron, because insurance is one of those things you, you buy it exactly. You don't want to, you, you have to pay for it up front. 
you don't want to use it. And the reason you don't really want to use it is because it doesn't really make you whole. It prevents catastrophic losses. It might help you get back on your feet, but there's still going to be pain to bear. doesn't matter if you have a fire or a car accident or, or anything else. There's always at least inconvenience. And at most, there's still some really tough things to get through. But the insurance helps you get back on your feet and get going again. And that's really how to look at these secure beef supply plans. They're not going to be fun. They're not easy. Uh, if we have to use them, it's, it's going to be challenging. It's going to be probably frustrating. But it might be the difference between staying in business and not. You know, being able to continue business even in a poor market it might allow a producer to keep their resources together enough to weather it so that when they get out the other side, they can take advantage of the opportunities that almost always come up after something bad like this happens. Dr. Vanderlei, anything else you'd like to highlight on this in terms of things you think producers should know and think through? Um, one of the things I'd really like to point out is that we at Great Plains Veteran Educational Center, we actually got some funding through the Nebraska Department of Ag and the USDA to help feedlots put these together. If you're a cow-calf producer and you want one, we'll certainly help you too. Um, the first push is really to try to get some feedlots done. We've hired uh, some people, um, some students that are going to help us do that this summer, uh, the summer of 2021. We're, we're going to try to get a bunch of feedlots set up with Secure Beef Supply Plan. So if you're interested in your operation developing one of these, we are ready and willing to help. We've got some resources that will make that easier. We're starting to get a little bit more experience that uh, helps us get through them a little bit more seamlessly. So definitely reach out uh, to me. There's three faculty here that are really kind of directing this. It's my, myself, Dr. Heldon Clark, and Dr. Becky Funk that are doing this. So you can look me up on the directory or you can call my phone number. It's 515-450-8620. That's my cell phone number. I always tell people, Aaron, when I give that number out, that I'm not a real vet anymore. So if you call me at two in the morning, I'm probably not going to answer. But you're welcome to call that number and, and uh, reach out if you want some help. Brian, I really appreciate you putting this presentation together and I appreciate you uh, taking initiative on this. I think this is something that's not fun to do, but it's something just as we talked about that's really could be very important. And really the value I think is in the process, the planning that occurs that allows us to think through some things that maybe we otherwise wouldn't. And then having that plan in place can also help us when we get to a place where, let's just be candid, this would be a very emotionally charged environment should this occur. And having some plans in place can kind of help us navigate that. So thanks again for joining me today and talking about this. Thank you. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. This is one of the topics that was covered in the Beef Feedlot Roundtable series, and that webinar is archived at the beef.unl.edu website.